The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, just about six minutes after 7 o'clock on your Monday evening, that can only mean one thing. The Employment Law Show is back for this week and already phone lines open. Looking forward to a ton of your calls this evening because you, the good listenership, make this show what it is. It is a live show on Mondays and your chance to call in now, at least get some baseline questions answered about uh, severance or your job or if you're not sure if you're an independent contractor or not or maybe you just got let go or you got a feeling that maybe it's coming down the pike and uh, you want to be prepared when that uh, that box gets slid over the table and they say, thank you very much for your service, but uh, here's your hat. What's your hurry? How'd you go? So uh, you want to find out and arm yourself with the information you should need. That is why Dave is here. He is in the hot seat tonight. So uh, plenty of phone calls. Let's bring it on. So by the end of the show, he is sweating like Mike Tyson at a spelling bee. We'll keep you busy, buddy. But uh, coming up a little later on, uh, no, severance rules are not different for you if we'll get to those talking points. That's some emails. But we always start, brother, with the, uh, the week that was usually a couple matters that are uh, happening on your desk. Uh, what do you got, pal? Yeah, the uh, first one I wanted to discuss is a uh, situation. Uh, it's an independent contractor situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've talked about that a lot on the show over the years. And in this particular case, my client was, em- I guess, employed or contracted with this company for 27 straight years. Wow. And, you know, usually when we're dealing with independent contractor cases, it's, you know, maybe three years, five years, eight years, something like that. But it's pretty rare to see a situation in which a company considers someone an independent contractor for 27 years. And this individual had the same job, so the same title, the same duties and responsibilities. Uh, they reported to an individual who worked for the company, an employee. They got all their daily work from that individual. Right. The the deadlines were set by the company. Uh, the They used their materials and, and the computer and stuff like that. Now, I think the one thing that the company was basically trying to hang their hat on was that uh, my client did work from home. So it's not like they they went to the office. Um, they'd go to the office occasionally for meetings or things like that, but it was primarily a work from home job, and they actually could perform the work whenever they wanted. So it wasn't like a you know you have to be doing the work from nine to five. With right. that said, with the minimum there was a minimum you know amount of work they had to do, and it was basically eight hours a day. So. Uh, you know, five days a week. So, um, you know, there's just because they had the option of when to do it doesn't really make doesn't really change the analysis much. Um, and obviously, the other thing that comes up in these cases is they sign numerous contracts. Right. Uh, I think you know there's probably like ten or twelve contracts they sign wow. just confirming <laughs> that they're an independent contractor over and over again. And uh, so, you know, when we, when you start, to, you know, kind of when you question this, because um, this individual was let go without anything, uh, they said, you know, we're, con- we're terminating the contract. And when you question the company about this, and I find this all the time, they always say, well, look, they signed a contract. It says they're not a not an employee. Uh, it's a very common uh, response I get from companies. Yeah, and uh, that is absolutely you know without merit in the sense that it doesn't matter what you've signed. The courts will always look at the reality of the situation. In a case like this, with you know 27 years of continuous service uh, and the other factors I listed, I mean there was no question that this was an employee of the company. And uh, you know eventually we were able to you know show them the case law and the facts and everything and, and convince this company that um, you know the employee is entitled to severance pay. And um, you know a lot of people are surprised to know that the severance that you're owed uh, is going to be the same. Uh, whether you know once you're d- determined to be an employee, 
doesn't matter what you sign, you know, the contract you signed um, that says you're not an independent, con- or you're an independent contractor, your severance will be, you know, as if you're a 27-year employee. So, um, you know, just because you're treated as uh, an independent contractor and your employer tells you that, um, you know, you, you should definitely, uh, you know, think about the situation. And if you are uh, let go from one of those types of jobs, give us a call. You know, twenty-seven years and a dozen contracts. I mean, that's that's you know that's a red flag for being obvious, not a not a contractor at that point. But what's the what's the threshold generally as far as contracts until it's kind of like, guys, you're getting to the point where this person's no longer a contractor. Yeah, so that actually comes up uh, in in two different ways. So the one time it can actually come up in the employment context. So. Okay. Sometimes we're not even talking about the you know a, a contract whether you're an independent contractor or not. But some companies actually have employees on these fixed term contracts, right? So okay. you know they'll hire them for a year, and then they'll say, "Oh, we want to extend you for a year." And I've actually seen some that have gone like eight years, where the person's employed for eight straight years, and they sign a new contract every year, saying that they're a you know they're just on contract, so that you basically mm-hmm. can be let go. It's for a fixed term; they can be let go whenever they want. Um, in that type of context. You know, one or two of those is fine, but once you get past that, you're probably an indefinite term employee entitled to just common law severance pay. Um, the 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 analysis in terms of the independent contractor versus you know have an employee, I mean, yeah. it could just be one year. And even though you have a contract that says it's just a year and you're an independent contractor, well, if we can show you're an employee, um, you know, it, it, most likely you're going to get severance pay based as an employee. If you are terminated, if you're on a contract and you're terminated, just before we move on to your next matter, if, you, if you're terminated before the end of the contract, do they have to pay out the balance? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, it's actually something I've seen more and more uh, you know, often these days is people sign uh, someone up to a fixed-term contract. And sometimes I've right. seen them three years. Uh, you know, One of the big cases out there, I think, was five years. And the company let them go early. And so let's say that you, know, you have a one-year contract and they let you go six months in. And uh, you know the employer says, well, you know you're you're only there for six months, so maybe I'll give you a, a you know a week's termination pay. Unless you have a, a very well drafted termination clause, you're going to owe the balance of that contract. You're going to if you're the employer, you're going to owe six months. So it's you know if you're an employer hiring someone, I I, I basically discourage doing it as a fixed term contract, right. um, just because that you can actually sign yourself up for a lot more liability that way. If you're going to do a fixed term contract, make sure you have a perfectly drafted termination clause that's signed in you know exchange for proper consideration and everything, so you don't end up in a situation where you're paying someone for the balance of the contract. The phone lines are open with this or any other topic you want to talk about when it comes to your job, your your employment life, 416-870-6400 is the way to go to reach out uh, anytime through email. If we get some later on tonight to get a hold of Dave is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we'll dive into this uh, a little deeper as the night goes on. That is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a good way to get a hold of the guys or at least get some baseline information. It's it's literally like having an employment lawyer on your phone before you even have to make that uh, that phone call. But for the rest this night, of course, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. What's your uh, what's your other matter, pal? Yeah, another one uh, I had was a uh, client who uh, was employed for about seven years, and uh, the company all of a sudden said, um, "You're going to have to start working every other Saturday." So he worked Monday to Friday, uh, normal nine to five type shift, and they just said, "You know, we're going to add a add a Saturday uh, <sighs> every uh, every you know every other Saturday," and. Uh, you know, when he said no, I don't want to do that. They, the company kept coming back to him, and saying, "Well, why not? Like, what's what's your reason for that?" And you know, some people may have a reason for that, whether you know a valid reason. But you don't need a reason. That's the that's the important thing. You don't need like a medical note or some other type of um, you know something else that you're doing. You you can just that's a change in your schedule, and they're not allowed unilaterally making that. If you're not going to agree to it, 
uh, you know, that's your right. And, uh, you know, the company yeah. in this case actually went ahead and, and, you know, said, well, we're, you know, you're basically treating yourself as we're treating you as abandoning your job because you're not going to do this. And, uh, you know, he, he went through with it. He, he said, I'm not, I'm not doing that. So, you know, the employment relationship ended and, uh, you know, obviously we were able to get him a severance package on that, you know, on the, on the basis of that, because you know, as an employer, you can't just add a full day of, uh, you know, work to someone's schedule. Uh, they hadn't done that for seven or eight years and, uh, to take away someone's Saturday, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone, uh, needs a reason for that. Right. It, it, would there be a possibility? I mean, it depends on this person's uh, status. And maybe they're single. Maybe they live on their own. Maybe they got free time. Maybe they don't do much on weekends. Maybe they want to say, you know what? I could, I let me take it out for a spin and try this. And if it doesn't jive with my lifestyle, I want to go back to the way it was. Can they take it out for a little bit of a try before they commit to it? Yeah, good question. They could have absolutely done that and said, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm a little hesitant about this, but I'm worth, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. Uh, so yeah, you're absolutely allowed to do that. Now, the big thing that you have to be, uh, you know, concerned about is, uh, you know, accepting it or being seen to as a, accept it because then all of a sudden it's, right. you know, it's part of your terms of employment. So if you are going to go down that route and you are going to say, yeah, let me try it, you want to put that in writing and make that very clear that I'm trying this, uh, you know, on a temporary basis. I'm not agreeing to it, uh, you know, on a permanent basis, and and just make sure you have that in writing because what you don't want to do is, uh, you know, do a couple Saturdays and then you say, you know what, I'm not really into this. And then they say, well, no, that's your, you know, you accepted that. That's your new, uh, this is your new schedule. So. And I think that speaks to everything when you're dealing with an employer is uh, do everything in writing, everything in writing, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of cases where, uh, you know, people will tell me something, whether it's, you know, about a bonus or a certain schedule they have or a certain, you know, work from home arrangement. And I always say, you know, did you, did you, is there an email? Is there some type of contract or agreement you signed on this? And they, you know, no, don't have it. It's so much harder um, to prove that uh, if you don't have yeah. it in writing. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. We mentioned that. Uh, you want to go there now. In fact, you can go there anytime while we're doing the show and listening on the side. You can do that. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. It's exactly what it sounds like. It deals with uh, pretty much all aspects of your employment, whether you're an independent contractor, whether it's a case of uh, workplace harassment. Uh, you know, anything under that matter, the severance pay calculator, of course, is wrapped into pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's even a section on disability law because the worlds of disability law and employment are so intertwined. There's tons of uh, interplay between the two so they can take care of you in uh, that regard as well. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I want to bounce over the phones quick before we break. Anthony, what's uh, what's your question? Good evening. My question, my question for the guys is that I'm in the midst of a discrepancy with my current employer over the course of the last two years. Over the course of the last two years, I've been getting paid piecework. So I get paid per unit, mm. and I'm a reconditioning. I'm a, I'm a detail technician. Last week, Thursday, was my payday, and on that day, the, the owners of the building decided to implement a new compensation structure. On, on that day, he decided to implement his new compensation strategy and upon receiving my invoice from the previous pay period they decided to make those changes which resulted in me losing a significant amount of money mm. on my pay prior to him wanting to Im implement his new pay structure. And I wanted to know where do I stand and where should I go from here? <clears throat> yeah, so there's two issues on that. Uh, the first one is that, uh, you know, 
let's say he implements this new pay structure that can't impact anything that had already been, you know, that you'd already earned, right? Like those are wages that you've accrued. So he can't like, you know, in hindsight, you know, he can't come in and say, oh, well, I, I, I wish, you know, I wish I would have made this uh, two weeks ago for your last most recent pay period. So it doesn't matter what happens. He would owe you your, you know, your, your normal wages um, up to the date he made the change. Okay. Second, the a change a unilateral change in the compensation structure by an employer, uh, if it results in a reduction in pay, is going to be a you know a significant reduction in pay. So you're talking you know over five percent is going to be a constructive dismissal in most cases. So you know the best way to to handle a situation like this though, when you know maybe it's not entirely clear um, that it'll be a cut in pay, or the employer can always come back and say, oh well, no, you actually would have made more money this way. Um, the best way to do that is to kind of put them on notice that you're not, um, you know, happy with this, that you're not necessarily accepting it, but you're willing to test it out to see if, uh, you know, if it works out. Anthony, I'm just going to put you on a quick hold here. We've got to take a quick break. Stay on the line. We'll finish talking to you. Elizabeth, Leo, hang on, guys. We'll get to you as well. And the phone lines are open for you as well. 416-870-6400. The Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show is happening right here. Global News Radio. And, yeah, yes, indeed, 416-870-6400. We are getting to your calls. Uh, we will for sure. Anthony, thank you for uh, for hanging on. Dave, sorry, I wanted to uh, just give you some time there to wrap this up and uh, send Anthony off with some, some good information. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so two issues here. One is, uh, you know, the employer can't, definitely can't retroactively change the compensation structure so anything you have anthony you've earned um that should be done at the the you know the previous structure on a move forward basis um you know also that, that's a, likely a constructive dismissal if the employer changes the compensation structure uh now sometimes what happens is it's not certain whether it's going to be a reduction in pay and in such a case you'd want to you know wait it out and, and make you know and make sure it actually is but before doing that you'd want to put them on notice basically that uh, you know you're you're not happy with it and uh, you're only doing it to test it out um, and, and see what the impact is. Makes sense. Okay, uh, yeah. you, uh, there he yes, is. Okay, yes, appreciate it. Thank you, Anthony. We're gonna uh, we're gonna move on. You want to reach out, talk to uh, Dave on your own time? No problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Moving right along to uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. And you thank bet. you for sharing the information. That's amazing. The show is very necessary. Oh, thank and you so much. Values. Um, the question I have is around termination. Typically in contracts, you see a lot that talks about, you know, if they're wishing to, their employer is wishing to terminate an employee, that they will do it on the premise of the ESA standards. So the minimum requirements under the ESA. Now, is there a provision where we can go outside of that where you can pursue your rights under the common law? Or is it where if you sign off on that termination clause that you're willing to accept the ESA standards, that is really what they only are obligated to pay you? Great question, Elizabeth. So. First and foremost, the starting point is that all employees are entitled to common law severance pay, okay? So let's say there's no contract, and a lot of people actually don't have employment agreements or contracts. They're definitely entitled to common law. If there's a contract, a lot of them, especially these days, do have terms that reference the Employment Standards Act, right? And usually the employer's intention with that is to limit you uh, or limit the employee to the the minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act, which are, you know, in most cases, significantly less than common law. However, 
I would say a, a huge majority of the termination clauses that I see that reference the Employment Standards Act have a flaw in them that make it unenforceable. Okay. What type of flaw do you typically see that allows for you to go outside of that? Yeah, great question. So one of the big ones is a lot of the time these employment agreements aren't signed for proper consideration. So the employer will introduce it, you know, some like halfway through the employment relationship or after the person started working there. And in such a case, the, the termination clause can't be relied on because the employee wasn't given something to sign it. That'd be, I'd probably say, one of the most common ones. Another one is the the employment agreement will just reference the Employment Standards Act, so they'll just say, you know, you will get your your you know, your ESA entitlements upon termination. Importantly, what those clauses a lot of time don't say is that they don't rebut common law. They don't get rid of common law. They don't say you will not receive common law. Oh, Everyone gets brutal. you. Everyone's entitled to the Employment Standards Act minimum. So telling someone that doesn't mean that they're not entitled to more than that. Right, so that's another way we get around them. Basically, um, you know, it doesn't clearly get rid of the common law entitlements that you already have. A third one would be the clauses violate the Employment Standards Act. So even though they reference it, they'll do something or, or say something that actually breaches the Employment Standards Act. And it's very well established that if a clause does do that in any way breaches the Employment Standards Act. So let's say, you know, it says that you don't get benefits um, throughout the uh, notice period, says that you don't get severance, um, say, you know, say that you don't get, uh, you know, accrued wages, something like that. Well, those all violate the ESA and are unenforceable, which means the uh, means the clause is unenforceable. So I would say those are the, most three, the three most common. Well, understanding that piece, if there's a severability clause, does that kind of play into it if there's something in another clause that contradicts that element and they have a severability clause does that protect them uh, it really depends on the you know the wording of the severability clause and whether the um you know the the clause that violates whether it's part of the same one as the uh as the termination clause so i mean is, do you have a specific example in mind no, I'm just trying to understand. So actually, my partner, he's looking at um, considering a new, jo- a new job, and the terminate, he's looking at the termination clause, and it does obviously say the ESA, that they'll rely on that. And so I'm just trying to caution him. I'm like, well, I don't want you to settle for the minimum, because there's also a bit of an inducement. They're seeking him. So I just wanted to see what type of languages he should be mm-hmm. considering or what to watch out for before he signs the contract. Yeah, so if he is currently employed and, you know, has a, a job that, you know, a good job that he likes and, um, you know, this new company is recruiting him and is trying to get him to sign a uh, an ESA termination clause, you know, it's definitely something to be concerned about right because uh, they could let him go in six months and and you know not give him right. you know give him uh, one week's pay um, the other thing I would you know, kind of caution against is I don't ever think it's a good idea to sign a contract kind of with the idea that oh I'll just argue it's unenforceable later because you by signing I mean you do understand you know whoever it is is understanding I mean it sounds like in this case understands the intention right is to limit it to the Employment Standards Act so um, yeah. I, I think you should deal with that or he should deal with that head-on as opposed to sign something and say well I, I think it's unenforceable so I'm gonna sign it anyways um, I would always be worried about doing that and is it taboo to be approached because when they're having the conversation I think when you're being a, you're you're truly an interest um, it works in your favor, but is it kind of a challenge to go and say, no, I'm not willing to settle for this termination clause because I should be entitled to my, you know, common law? It, it, do you see a lot of resistance 
with that approach from the initial stage of trying to, you know, get a new place of employment? Yeah, great question. And I say I would say that you see more resistance when the you know prospective employee does not have a job already. So I mean, it, could be, it just means they have less leverage, right? But you know, if you're leaving a job to go to you know to this a new employer, I I actually think it's quite common to insist on some type of a um, you know to remove that ESA termination clause. Um, what I what I usually recommend is rather than just call it common law, which is uncertain, is try to negotiate a specific formula with the employer. So you know, just that increases over time, but maybe it starts at something like it's you know three months plus a month per year of service. Something like that. So then both parties know exactly what the entitlement is if there is a termination. Because if you just say common law, well, then you may have to get an argument later about what, you know, what common law is. Because that's obviously, you know, it can be a range and uh, a lot of different factors come into play. So um, I find employers are usually more open if you actually come back with your own formula. Elizabeth, appreciate the call and uh, excellent questions. You want uh, your partner to uh, investigate, please tell him to at least call Dave and move from there. one 855 would be a wise move. In the meantime, 416-870-6400 is the number. Uh, Leo, thanks for hanging on. Fella, how are you tonight? Good, good. Thank you. Great show. No worries. Oh, thank you. Good job. Um, never thought I would ask this question, but... Um, so basically I've been running a store for about five years now. It's like a small little grocery store, Mm -hmm. two employees. They basically moving their operations from Mississauga to North York. Do I have to follow them? Great question. So you're the, uh, they didn't fire me. They didn't do anything. They offered me a position over there. And is it the same, same role? Pardon? Same role. Yep, same role, same everything. Same pay, same job. What's yep. the what's your commute now? How long? It takes me forty five minutes to get to work now. It'll take me I guess an extra half an hour, forty five minutes. Wow. So you either both ways, like So you'd be up to what, an hour and a half? An hour and a half, yeah. Okay, hour and fifteen, hour and a half. You know, that that could be a constructive dismissal, um, that change in, uh, you know, change in loca- work location and, you know, the obviously, uh, you know, corresponding it's change time. in commute time. Pardon? It's the time of the day, like when you start at 8.30 in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning is like, that's the brutal time. Right, yeah. Um, that that definitely could be a constructive dismissal. Constructive dismissals when it's not a pay increase are always tough. I mean, for what could be a constructive dismissal for you, maybe isn't for someone else, right? Maybe they actually live closer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's never like a black and white in these types of situations. Um, what I would uh, recommend you do is give us a call and we can just go through everything and kind of talk about the best way to deal with it. Okay, thank you. Leo, appreciate uh, appreciate the call. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, especially, I don't know how he gets there. I don't know if he's driving or if he's taking transit, but North York to Mississauga, come on. That's a big change. That's a long distance, even if it's not kilometers through traffic. That's a long way. I hate it. I'd hate that extra commute it is, every morning. Th- that's the tough thing about dealing with those um, situations in the GTA, right, is you, you know, it actually, sometimes it doesn't even seem like it's that much longer kilometers-wise. Right. But... You know the given the time of the day it is, and the um, you know just how busy the uh, the traffic is out there uh, at certain times, it can actually you know thirty kilometers can be a huge difference in in terms of uh, you know a uh, commute time. So it's definitely worth uh, sitting down and, and going through uh, you know analysis and just seeing what the be- the best decision is on that. 
Leo, to reach out, uh, same number for you, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Reach out through email. And for the uh, remainder of our time, no problem, 416-870-6400. Had just banging phone calls tonight. Great questions. Bring them on. We'd love to get you on the air and get, uh, get you on the down the road to some some answers when it becomes, or at least when it comes to your work life. That uh, the one that Leo just mentioned about, I mean, it, it sounds like he likes his gig. It's, it's the same people, two people. He's going to be doing the same job. He, he sounds reasonably happy. Is that a situation where he could say, guys, you know what? I know what that 401 is like. I know what that QE is like. I'd like to try this out for a few weeks, see if it uh, if it jives with my current lifestyle, but I'm not committing to it. Again, by writing, but he could do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. He could do that. I think that would be the way to do it. If uh, yeah, oh. if you still want to think about it, uh, I mean, other things he could do is he. I don't know if this is possible given the the stores or you know the store or anything, but um, you know you could talk about uh, a diff- different like start times or, or finish times. Right. Uh, you could talk about whether they're willing to. I don't know if, if does the four hundred seven help? Does it you know if they pay for the the four hundred seven or something like that? So uh, there's a lot of different ways to uh, you know to do to deal with it. Uh, you know if uh, you know you don't always have to just go right to constructor dismissal. You you can work with the employer and, and see if the, you know yep. you can uh, something can uh, make sense. A lot of more questions online if you want them answered uh, without even calling or before you call Dave. Uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I want to throw that one out there again. You can go there anytime. It's absolutely anonymous and free. You couldn't pay for it if you wanted to. And if you want to carry on, there's a uh, yellow contact us button right at the top right of the uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca website. So uh, so check that out. In the meantime, 416-870-6400. Still got plenty of time to call and ask your questions on the Monday night edition of the show. I want to remind you as well, Wednesday night we do the show and then the weekend shows and employment law show on tv global tv and ctv uh as well so we're all over this like a uh, like a hobo and a ham sandwich uh the the topic for tonight brother no severance rules are not different for you if we're going to get to some of these the first one and i know we get this question quite often on the show if uh you're a figure a federally regulated job what does that mean and why yeah, so uh, there's, you know, the, the reason this one comes up, uh, this I guess I'd call it a misconception, is there's two different uh, statutes that govern employment, uh, in Ontario anyways, and that's the employment, the Ontario Employment Standards Act, which you right. know, applies to most employers, which are provincially regulated. And then there's the uh, you know, Canada Labour Code, which uh, applies to federally regulated jobs, banking, telecommunications, uh, you know, the uh, the, the train companies are uh, would fall under that. And... They have different minimum entitlements under the okay. Employment Standards Act and uh, Canada Labor Code, but that does not in any way impact the common law entitlements that these individuals are owed. Okay. So whether you work for a provincially regulated company or you work for a, you know a big bank or a uh, telecommunication company or an airline, you still have the same common law severance entitlements. We'll get to more of these. The phone call is always priority, 416-870-6400. Donna, good evening. Hi there. How are you? Good, my dear. How are you? What's uh, what's your question? Thanks for calling. Thank you. Um, my question is, if a employee has worked at a company for over 20 years and um, the manager, um, fairly new manager for the last several years and sort of an assistant manager, um, they're giving the, the employee a hard time with these subtle threats of um, termination, um, you know, playing the blame game, uh, just getting sort of like a, a thrill out of making the person's life a living hell on a daily basis. Um, what kind of recourse does the employee have if, if they do follow through with termination? Um, and by the way, the employee has given letters to HR, but HR has basically said, you know what, 
can't really do too much about it. Um, you know, try to just work through it and, you know, hopefully things will get better. But there's no kind of, there's like no answer for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is a person who, who goes to work on a daily basis, doesn't miss work even when they're sick, and gets treated very terribly every single day and very, very um, sad to see because it's happening on a daily basis. So if they, you know, if the company does go ahead and let this individual go mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that, that would be a without cause termination and they'd be, you know, pretty simple, uh, they'd be entitled to severance pay. And, you know, depending on their age and position, you know, it could be, you know, right around, you know, 18, 20 months severance pay. So that's not going to, you know, I'd be very surprised if they could ever establish just cause or even try to establish just cause in a situation like that. So I, I don't even think they'd go that route. So I think the, the individual needs to know that if the company does go ahead and let them go, well, they would have a, a significant severance entitlement. Let's say the employer doesn't let them go and, you know, they just have to put up with this. You know, at some point after, you know, if, if it's serious enough and they've, you know, raised it with management and human resources mm-hmm. enough, it's possible that they could, you know, basically resign and allege constructive dismissal because a constructive dismissal can occur uh, if there's a poison work environment and if the employer um, doesn't do anything to remedy the situation. Now, right. that's always kind of an extreme example because you are, or extreme, you know, remedy because you are quitting your job and and you know you're gonna have to then fight for severance pay it's not just gonna be offered to you right um so it's definitely not something i you know encourage uh to be done unless it's absolutely necessary okay okay fair enough great thank you so much Thank you, Don. Appreciate uh, your time. 416-870-6400. Dennis, you're up next. Good evening. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Dennis. There he is. Hey, pal. How are you? You're on the air. Is it Dennis or Darren? Is Darren? I have Dennis written here, but go ahead, whoever you are. Feel free. What's your question? Uh, Sure. Well, I have been on a – I'm working as a consultant, Mm-hmm. Um, I have been on a contra- uh, contract for one year, and um, uh, into the third month of the contract, they just noti- uh, told me verbally, well, again, um, I have been, uh, I have had my contract with a uh, uh, job agency, and they have placed in a client site. So the uh, uh, manager at the client site uh, verbally informed me that, you know, he's not, uh, he's well, let me go after two weeks, and which has already happened. But nothing has officially came in terms of letters or any kind of email transaction between myself and my my uh, uh, contractor, which is the uh, uh, placement agency. And uh, they just uh, told me at the very last day of the contract that you know uh, that that um, you no longer going to be working for them. So, so did the contract come to an end? The one the one year was you worked it the whole one year? It is a, it is the third month into the contract. Okay, so at the end of the third month, the yeah. client who you replaced with said that you're we don't we don't need you anymore, we don't want you anymore. And that then Okay. And then the staffing agency also let you go? Yes. 
Okay. I would we would have to review the contract in its entirety just to see what you know whether there's an early termination provision. Uh, but it's possible if there's not that you you know it's that comes into that fixed term contract situation that maybe you would be owed the balance of the contract the you know nine months of pay. But it, it will come down to whether there's an, an enforceable uh, early termination clause. So what I would ask you to do is give us a call tomorrow and, and send us that contract and then we can review it. I can definitely do that. Perfect. Thanks, pal. Appreciate that. That number to uh, to send it along, 1-855-821-5900. Again, to get a hold of Dave or Lior, member of the team, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the remainder of the time on the show to call in, get your answers right here, right now. 416-870-6400 is the uh, the way to get, uh, to get that. Hammett, hello. How are you? Not bad yourself. Thank you very much for answering my calls. That was quick and easy. Yeah, you bet. That's that's the way we like it. Well, sometimes depends what you're doing. But uh, what's uh, what say you, man? What's your what's your concern? I just received uh, from David Vaughn uh, from San Filo Lao uh, today uh, the statement of my claims, and it looks perfect, which I appreciate. And uh, the only question I have, I believe that I had sent David uh, hey, my page. Yeah, I would recommend giving us a call, not on the show, and we can talk about your case. Okay. Is he? Is he say he's one of your clients? Yes. Ah, I mean, it's a good boy. I yeah. mean, call after the after the show because I'm sure everyone would, uh, you know, not necessarily wants to hear about it, but you know, it could be uh, fairly private. One eight five five eight two one. Fifty nine hundred Hamid would be uh, would be excellent. Anytime you want to do that uh, tomorrow, that'd be uh, that'd be great. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number to call through for the remainder of the time here. You got a few minutes. In the meantime, no severance rules are not different for you if you're in the construction industry. Gosh, I can't count on a thousand hands how many times we've had someone call in with that particular question, right? Yeah, and it comes back to the statute under the Employment Standards Act. Construction workers are not entitled to severance or termination yep. pay. So. You know, it's a it's a well. I understand why that comes up, but again, that doesn't impact common law. So just because you're not entitled to the ESA entitlements mm-hmm. um, at, at termination uh, for in terms of termination pay and severance, does not impact your common law entitlements. It'll be the same analysis. Now, one of the factors that does come up with construction employees is they tend to be able to get jobs relatively easily, uh, especially if they have uh, you know several years of experience. So um, the availability of similar employment is usually going to be you know a factor that works against construction workers if they're let go. How about uh, part-time employees? That's another one we hear all the time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, people say, you know, I was only part-time. They, you know, they tell you the situation, they say, but I was only part-time. Well, that, that that only impacts it to the extent that, I mean, you'll be paid based on your compensation, right? So if you only work, you know, if you if you made part-time hours or, you know, worked part-time hours and made part, part-time compensation, well, you'd only be paid on that. So, you know, if you're entitled to six-month severance pay and you're a part-time employee and you made, you know, you only worked three days a week, um, well, th- you'd just be paid on that basis for that six months. So it's as if you worked three days a week for six months. Um, the one thing that actually could impact you if you're a part-time employee is it might be harder to find a job, right? They're, they're actually could be less amount of comparable employment out there because uh, let's say you have to find a job that, uh, you know, I've had some clients that, you know, they have one job Monday, Wednesday, Friday, another job Tuesday, Thursday, they they lose the Tuesday, Thursday job. Well, that's going to be very tough to replace that job because you're only looking for jobs that have a shift Tuesday and Thursday. So that actually could increase the severance you're owed. And I'll get to one more here before we're done. That would be the old independent contractor. 
Yeah, the I mean, look, if you're a, you're a properly an independent contractor, and uh, you know you can contract out work, you pick your own schedule, you can turn down work, and uh, you know you can pro- you have a chance of profiting or, or losing money on the on a on the job, then yeah, you you wouldn't be you know a, an employee, and you're not entitled to severance pay. But all you know, if you're an employee, you're entitled to severance pay, and if you're a dependent contractor, mm. you're entitled to uh, severance pay if you're let go. So uh, it just looks at the you know the the amount that you're dependent on them in terms of your income. I'd say you know if you're sixty percent or more, you're probably dependent contractor. The last one I'd throw in there from a personal note would be if you have a boss that has no idea what they're doing. I have my sister-in-law's friend worked as a medical secretary for 27 years. She's 68 and she got let go and her boss, the doctor said, oh no, you don't get severance after 65. Brilliant excuse. One of the best I've heard. Like just absolutely brilliant. I, I thought you one. knew that, Dave. Yeah, no, I thought you knew no, that. You I know. Don't, but, well, there uh, you go. Yeah. See, you're not that good a lawyer. <laughs> just awesome. That's a great one. Just awesome. We're gonna uh, we're gonna leave it there for now. Uh, you want to reach out, get a hold of Dave or Lior until uh, we reconvene on Wednesday at this time. It is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you Wednesday night, same time. Stick around though. On point is right back with Alex Pearson right here. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.